0: Horses, mountains, dogs, oh my. These are a few of my favorite things. They are the things that bring me home and connect me to the wisdom of my grandparents and the values I want to instill in my children. My name is Kat caldwell Myers. I live on a small horse farm outside of Chicago with my children, my husband, got a couple of dogs. We all work for the cat. In this podcast, you are going to hear from some of my mentors, the folks who have helped me get back on the horse and back on my skis after injury, after illness, after pandemic, when all of us had to find ourselves over again to live our best lives. So without further ado, horses, mountains, dogs. Oh my. Okay, baby. Here we are in our hayloft.
1: Beautiful afternoon.
0: It's a beautiful afternoon in Illinois, which is a little bit of uh contradiction because it's January 10th, and often Illinois days are not so beautiful in the middle of January, but it's like 40 degrees. It's gorgeous. Right. We're hanging out here. We
1: have some sunshine, which is not so common either. So yeah, we're enjoying it, and these winters seem to maybe have some times of warm weather mm-hmm. in addition to the cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a blessing today for our first day back after our road trip to New Mexico and Colorado.
0: Yeah, our... 2022 uh, Odyssey holiday odyssey where we launched this podcast and wow, we've just had a lot going on. We literally got back last night. <laughs> We're still a little tired, I would say, and there's so much to get back to coming back to the ranch, but something that we've been talking about since Friday and even before Friday, January 6th, was telling the story of how we met, Right. is one of our favorite stories.
1: That's right. We get to tell it a lot, which is nice.
0: But it's not even just that we get to tell it a lot. It's that when people ask, we're like, oh, you haven't, you haven't heard? Oh, yeah. And we realize we, we love this story so much and we tell it so much that to not record it or get it out there for more people is maybe a disservice. Because when you hear stories like this, I feel... How can you say there is no God or no higher power or something pulling us together? Because there are these miracle power stories that you just, you can't make this stuff up. Right, Bib?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I think we should get into the story. <laughs> um, I want to go back to the month of my 30th birthday, which would have been 12 years ago. January 2011. January 2011. It was the, I think it was a Friday. It was the 6th of January. I was skiing with a girlfriend of mine who maybe we'll try to bring her in here for a podcast show. But we were roommates. We lived together. She had two huge Great Danes. And I had my little black dog, Shadow. We were living in the Tetons, Driggs, Idaho. And we had... She's always an our dog, baby. But you weren't in the picture yet. Right. Hadn't met you yet. We we hadn't made the commitment that, right. you know, you got all of me, my dog too, our dog. So we drove up to Teton Pass. We have never, we had never skied together before. And she said she was a backcountry skier. You know, I was a trained ski patrol woofer, all of those things done my Abby one, Abby two, all that stuff. And she wanted to go backcountry skiing. I wanted to do a little backcountry ski and get my dog some exercise. It's always better to go out with a partner. So we decided to do an easy hike, which is called Shivers Ridge, which is on the south side of Teton Pass for those who know the backcountry area. Um... Why don't you tell a story for a little Shivers bit? Ridge, Where were you at? Where Shivers were you Ridge. at? Why were you at Shivers Ridge? Why Give were... us, like, what were you doing in the area, and then I'll keep going
1: with the story. Sure. Yeah, so for me, I think it was my third year of going to Jackson Hole to ski, and I had met a, another George from Chicago. I'm George, and I'm from Chicago. There's another George, Greek George, 10 years older than me, and he had been going to Jacksonville for a long time and we and we met through this you know online ski community TGR Teton Gravity Research but just it's basically like Facebook for skiers. <laughs> right, there you go. Thank you. And um so I got on this his program which was going to Jackson twice a year and um buying a twenty day pass. They had twenty day passes back then so that would cover two long trips. And we'd go in January and then we'd typically go again in early March or something like that. So And part of each trip, uh, well, we would typically ski at the area, right, at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, also called Teton Village. But uh, we would typically go backcountry skiing once um, at Teton Pass on each trip.
0: And how much backcountry knowledge did you have at that point? You know, who did you go
1: with? Well, I I had done, you know, through, like, uh, online stuff on TGR and reading about, AVI education and reading about accidents and you know what you should do. I, I did an AVI one course at uh, Silverton Avalanche or Mountain School and um, I just done you know random backcountry stuff before that if I think back now and actually I'd, I had uh, taken some classes or gone out on some skis to learn some ski mountaineering and that also always would include some discussion of AVI conditions and I did that with Exxon guides. In Jackson Hole. So we mainly did stuff in the park in Grand Teton National Park. So with these trips to Teton Pass, we relied on our local friend, this guy Tommy, who worked at um, at one of the ski shops in town and was a good friend of George's. So we typically would go out and ski Teton Pass with him. Yes. And that's why we were there.
0: Okay. Okay. So... Fast forwarding into this story, I'd, I'd been living in the Tetons for a couple years at that point. I owned a business in Driggs, a fitness franchise for women. And this was my lunch break. Okay. Again, I was local at that point. So my friend and I start hiking up Shivers Pass. I don't know George yet. He's somewhere out there skiing in this backcountry area known as Teton Pass, outside of Jackson Hole, between Jackson Hole and Picture, Idaho. So... As we begin hiking up Shivers Ridge, my friend is really struggling with each footfall. And again, this is the first time that we have ever backcountry skied together. We've skied in bounds at a resort with a chairlift, but I had never seen her in the backcountry. And it is a lot of effort to carry all of your gear and your skis up a mountain, especially with your dog's altitude, all of that. But she was really struggling and kept stopping. And there's something called a rest step that my husband loves to do. (laughs) <laughs> was teaching our children how to do every odd ninth step or whatever it is, you know But that's not what she was doing. And when mm-hmm. I asked her, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? She said, yeah I just am having trouble Breathing which I could see and I said, well, should we go back down? You know, it's like a short five-minute ski back down Should we just go right back down to the car from here? She said, no, 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 it's okay It's just that I forgot my heart medication <laughs> <laughs> of course, all of my like first aid training and wilderness first responder woofer training is coming into play right now. You know, what does that mean? Should we go back to the car? And she said, no, it just means I'm going to be a little slower and I'll have to keep stopping to catch my breath. But I want to ski all the way down to Old Pass Road. We had already parked one of our vehicles down there so that we could run a shuttle, which is something that people generally do. You park one car at the top, one car at the bottom, ski down to the other car and drive home. So. We begin skiing and I take a couple turns and I stop and I look back and I see my friend take a few turns and she stops. And then I take a few more turns and I go over the ridge and I stop and I'm waiting. And now I am out of sight of my ski friend, Mm -hmm. which was kind of an important thing to do because there's a flat area. So it was a necessary evil. But this is a big no-no in backcountry speak because you always want to be able to see your partner in case they go down or something happens. Well guess what? In this case, something had happened. The next thing I know, I see her ski piping up over that small sort of Midwestern hill, if you will, which I just skied out of. And she is out of one ski. She's gimping along. Did I mention she was also in a knee brace? She had a knee injury that meant that she always skied in her knee brace. And one of her Great Danes had jumped in front of her She was not used to skiing with her dogs. They were not trained to ski with her. They didn't know how to stay out of the way the way that I have trained my dog. And a lot of people who ski with their dogs train their dogs from an early age not to be in front of them when they're skiing, always to be behind them so that you don't end up falling over your dog, which is what had happened and blown her knee out again. So, We made a quick decision. She'd also forgotten her cell phone. I was supposed to get to work in about five hours. (laughs) Actually, I was supposed to be at work, I think, at three o'clock. I got someone to cover me so that I could get there at five o'clock because I knew if I could find someone to help me rescue my friend, I would need a sled I would need a blanket. I would need a rope and I would need another person to help me run belay. Then I would be able to help her out of the woods without bringing in a helicopter. (laughs) So, which by the way is pretty expensive to enlist search and rescue. And it was a warm, you know, day in the Tetons. It was not a super cold day. So I gave her my cell phone. I called, uh, the Teton pass ambassador. I knew someone yeah, Yeah. who knew who he was. I knew we would probably need more people to help us. I might need to enlist some more help. And then I skied out Old Pass Road. Sure enough, there was a woman there. I was running a radio show at the time who I knew, who I'd had a conversation with before, who lived down Wilson Road, had all of the things I needed. Mm
1: -hmm. I jumped
0: into her vehicle. We went – actually, I think I followed her in my vehicle, got the things. Then I started driving back up Teton Pass. Mm -hmm. and. Often people will ski down from the top of Teton Pass and then hitchhike to get back up Teton Pass. And so there were these six guys by the uh, Heidelberg, right?
1: Right, Heidelberg, yeah. Yeah. Lodge. So I
0: I pull over by this lodge. It's been there a long, long time. Old Wilson family. And these six guys jump in the back of my truck. One of them sits up in front with me and we start driving up. And it turns out they're all local Jackson Hole guys home from college, And I tell them about my situation. This one in the front said, you know, do you think one of you could help me? And I'm thinking in my mind, surely one of them can help me. (laughs) They're they're all, you know, they have the knowledge, they're young, they're fit. And he said to me, Well, I don't know, man. I gotta get a haircut at four. (laughs) And I remember thinking, you know, these are not the guys that I wanna be going into the backcountry with. This group of bro bras home from college, you know. At this point I'm almost 30, right? (laughs) I really need a real partner. And so I'm praying as we drive to the top of the pass. I'm going, God, please send me a partner. I need someone to help me run belay. And I park and I jump out of my truck. And who do I see but these two guys, George and George. I didn't know they were George and George from Chicago at that point. But they're hitchhiking from the top, which is kind of funny because, again, if you're a local, you know you could just ski down the road to the bar, old pass road. And anyways, but... I looked at their gear. I could see that they were both seasoned skiers and that they were adults and they had really good gear and there was snow all over it. So they were warmed up. And I said to them, I'll give you a ride anywhere you want to go if you'll help me with the rescue. Now, what was your experience of that, baby, from there?
1: Well, from that point, how we got there was that this was the first time we'd ever gone with our local buddy, Tom, and he decided to leave early on to go back and ski at the resort of the village with a friend of his i think or there's some reason why he wanted to get back and george and i were like well we're not going to burn we're not going to go back with you and ski at the resort because we don't want to burn uh one of our 20 days right and the snow was fantastic so we stayed We're like, surely we can get a ride so we were coming up while you were driving up that side we were skinning up like walking up with you know these skins on our skis that allow you to walk uphill and um, and we got to the top and what we had always done was we had driven to the top of Teton Pass, and started from there, and we ended there. Mm-hmm. And there was no reason to drive down because we would just drive away from the top. But of course, <laughs> silly us were about to hitchhike with you know skis on our pack, and this cute girl jump out of her truck. I, I, th- I had, to, I think, jumping out of the back is what I remember out of the bed of your truck. I had to pull the sled the out. Yeah. Like, wow, this is pretty impressive. Rescue? Sure, we can help with the rescue. We're on vacation. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> Love to help you. Love to help pretty girl. And, um, and I remember clicking into my skis and watching you, um, ski off really fast. I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) We get to get some some turns in, (laughs) I said to George and, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's sort of how it all started. Like, oh, this is good. And, uh, and now I was wondering who the friend was and what had happened, but of course we'd be happy to help. And yeah.
0: And then what was it like for you when we came upon my friend and the whole scene and, I had put shadow away. So we only had the two dogs to deal with. I left shadow in the truck. Right.
1: Um, I, I just remember coming, uh, upon sort of the scene with you there. And, um, that, you know, Jess was her name or Jesse. She was there and she really couldn't, she had sort of a sheepish look. I think she was a little bit embarrassed. And, uh, but, um, and the two dogs were there. Two big dogs. Like great cow, Danes. Yeah. <laughs> great Danes, Big dogs. And, but yeah, I was fine. No big deal being around these dogs. But, um, but we had to get her from where she was on, like you know, the upper slopes of the pass, and we had to get her down to um, the old pass road. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, cat! Here for a quick commercial break. If you haven't heard, my book, The Adventure Paradox, is available on Amazon. And it's been getting some really amazing reviews. It's actually been a little bit overwhelming uh, and maybe too much to say in the middle of this interview. So we'll get back to it. But I did want to let you know it is available. It was a bestseller in six categories. And if you really enjoy this podcast, I think you will really enjoy this book. So please go check it out. Yeah, I mean, she was far enough down that to turn around and try to get her back up to the parking lot would have been harder than to just put her in a sled and ski her out because Old Pass Road is not super steep, not super aggressive, but there are these like little loop de loops and creeks and things. Like, what happened? To get to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, to get to it, right? Because the Old Pass Road, maybe it must have gone up and over at some time, but this thing only went up part way now. So we were, yeah, we were far enough below the top, and we were far enough below the the current pass road that there wasn't really an easy way to get back up there. So, like you said, we had to ski her out or use gravity to get her out. Yeah. So I remember, um, somehow we either tied the rope to her, I think, or to the sled. I don't remember, because that was your thing, because you were the ski patroller. <laughs> we just were given the, I think I was in front, and George was in back, and George was sort of holding it back, and I was, um, in the front. And I think we had to give him a pole to, uh. Keep the dogs from jumping in the way again. Yeah, yeah. 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 I
0: think we were taking turns. I was the one in charge of trying to keep the dogs off and like keeping them up ahead because they Mm -hmm. knew me. And then you guys were both pretty proficient skiers. But I might have taken turns even pulling her. I can't remember. So obviously when you have a ski sled that is designed for taking people off of the mountain, it's actually a hard body sled, long enough for an adult with hard runners. But when you have... You know, the sled that you buy at the grocery store, which is what I had, which will fit the bottom half of the body. Um, I think we might have had a blanket under her leg. But we definitely had a blanket over her just to sort of keep her in place. And then the second rope we used around her body on the back end to um, anchor the back of the sled so that she wouldn't go running ahead of the leader for any reason right, or yeah. swing out of line so that we could keep her in line as we were getting her down the road. And the... The rope on the back end, you know, was a little bit longer, <laughs> needed to be to create a little more space and also keep that front one because the front was so much shorter, right, from running up into the leader's skis. So yeah. I hope that this is making sense. It was quite a visual. I can't imagine what it looked like. And we did maybe pass some people. Some people saw us. We did
1: further down. But I think the yeah. funny part with the whoop do doo the thing where it sort of went down and up right before we got to the actual pass road. We didn't have enough speed and we went down and we came up and then we slid backwards and off yeah. to the side. And we were actually right above a creek. Yeah. And there was a hole. Yeah. But fortunately, the creek was frozen. Yeah. Right? And she fell all the way down there. And I remember you reaching in there and like almost pulling her out. I said, oh my gosh, this girl is strong. Very impressive. <laughs>
0: Did I mention I own a fitness club <laughs> and take care of horses? George didn't really know all of that yet. But um yeah, I was blessed to have the strength to be able to pull her out with
1: George I and George. You, yeah yeah. yeah it was get her out and get her back up and then we got onto the road and I think some guys sort of cheered us on as we were on the pass road. Oh yeah. Making our way down. So yeah, it was uh it took a while, the whole thing took a while, but it was uh Epic. It was yeah, epic and it was, you know we were making it work. We were yeah. getting her getting we were our making it out. Work. We we're getting just out. Yeah. That's
0: isn't that our life baby we, we right. making it work. <laughs> so um so we get down, uh Jay Pistano is down there. Yeah.
1: Right. He's responding <laughs> to the scene by starting the skin up. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Well, because he you didn't know because yeah, the yeah. phone I think wasn't working there. Right. Or maybe it had died. I don't remember. And um that we didn't have we didn't have another vehicle. That was part of why I had right. called is I knew I would need someone at the end of the road to pick us up. So he picked us up. He drove George and George to the stagecoach bar. That's
1: right. Yeah. And
0: I don't know what happened to you guys after that, but Jess and I Drove back up to the top of Teton Pass. I went home with my dog to work. She drove to the hospital to see Mm -hmm. what was wrong with her knee. And then George and I exchanged numbers, obviously. (laughs) And took a picture. There are a couple pictures. Maybe we'll pull those up on Facebook. Um, And I remember that night continuing to text with you because you wanted to know, you know, what happened to her knee? Is she okay? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And then we decided that since we had saved her (laughs) $5,000 on a helicopter rescue, that, you know, the least she could do is take us all out to sushi, right? That's right. And uh, I felt like I wanted to do something for these really nice guys, you know, who had helped out. So I think I bought you each like a $20 uh, gift card at Bridger to buy some gear or whatever you wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And then we met at the tram and we did an interview on the tram because I had that radio show at the time. You remember Mm -hmm.
1: that? Yep. Do you remember some of the questions that I asked you? I don't know if that was actually later because we were we skiing with George that day or not. I can't remember. Well, so George, we were skiing with George. I know there was a part we did on sublet, right? We did we did part of it on the lift too.
0: Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, the yeah. And we were
1: asking about oh, have you been involved in the avalanches and stuff? Yeah, like that. I had this microphone
0: that. that I could yeah. like just keep in my pocket that has a USB port that went right into my computer. It was cool. great microphone. Yeah. You know, actually, I should see if that thing still works, but what I remember is being on the tram and asking you what it meant to be real. Yeah. That,
1: I remember I this. Sure. Of course. And yeah, and I was, that really triggered me in the sense of, wow, it's a deep question. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, was comfortable being vulnerable with it. Right. So I said, you know, sort of like, well, being real, is sort of like, I think I had been going, I'd gone through a divorce right. First time around. And I had done, you know, like a divorce recovery type, program at the church i was going to and i and i you know talked about i think living in response to what jesus had done right i think that was it No, i remember you you looked like something happened swooning i didn't, I didn't ask you there a, is I, a swoon I, I there was a swoon <laughs> good thing there
0: were so many people in the tram because <laughs> my legs just like gave out as you started speaking my language and yeah. mm-hmm. You know, sharing all the things that I wanted to hear in a partner and someone I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And here you were saying these things and we have it recorded, you know, and I've like tried to stay with the interview, <laughs> but I'm on this magic carpet ride falling in love know, yep. with you. Yeah. Right. And then.
1: That was probably I think that might have been day two when we were skiing together. So maybe, maybe. We skied again on Sunday. I yeah. Think what happened It's there. like,
0: it's a blur. Um, sure. But then.
1: It was blur. Yeah.
0: I think I agreed to give you a ride to the airport, right?
1: Yeah, I think, so this yeah, is I all think that was you know. Tuesday, George is.
0: is on vacation. I'm in the middle of my quote real life Idaho, and I think had you ever skied Glory? Or you guys always went out and did like we skied Edelweiss up the Shivers
1: side over yeah. to Edelweiss. yeah. So, so you'd never sort of, hiked Glory, right? Never hiked Glory okay. before.
0: So Glory is on the other side of the pass, the northern side, and it's like pretty good boot kicker straight up. 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending how fit you are. And pack, yeah. the night before I had pulled out my uh, footbeds and
1: for I boots had put
0: them by a heater and they curled like tacos, footbeds Too like you'd have in fire. your tennis shoes Keep or whatever. Fire. Yep. Like moth to a flame. And I remember for whatever reason I had just thrown them in. I hadn't noticed or something. And here I am getting ready to hike up with this very handsome man And this is going to happen. And I look at these footbeds and I realize I'm going to do it. I'm just going to I'm going to hike on these tacos. And so I put these things in my boot. I don't know how I did this, y'all, except to say when you're in love, you're going to do things and you're not going to feel pain, right? You're going to feel things and be in this altered state where it just doesn't even matter. And same thing on that hike. We had like the deepest conversations and we're in this other state, you know, and I would say in many ways, we've maintained that state throughout our 11 years of marriage. How long we've we married now? Ten and a half, yeah. <laughs> Ten and a half going 11, on 11. 11. Right. But all of this time, it was like destiny, you know. And the unfolding of our our romance was was so sacred. But I also remember coming down to the bottom of that. And there is a point to this story because we'll we'll bring back the footbeds and where we are in modern day, over a decade later with footbeds. But I just remember, you know, when we got to the end of it and I took the boots off and you saw what I'd been hiking with, and then I didn't even feel it. You know? Like <laughs> I didn't even feel it because I was feeling just so much love and connection Mm -hmm. and you know you and i our romance started long distance right and getting to know each other without Mm -hmm. being physical without and focusing on that spiritual emotional you know mental connection Mm -hmm. before the physical connection which you know you moved out to the tetons (laughs) that spring and basically the rest is history but there's you know there's a lot we've done a lot of work right babe
1: that's right we have, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, it was amazing how that, that came about because, you know, I I think that was on a Tuesday. We, we all skied together other Monday, and I think uh, I was, you know, typically the guys would give me a ride to the airport, right? And they're like, oh, why don't you call Kat? <laughs> oh, yeah, good idea. Okay, so I called Kat, and she, um, like she said, she said, well, if you can get a taxi over to the pass, I'll give mm-hmm. you a ride to the airport, right? So we did that ski. It was a beautiful morning. It's when been- we being cold and it was but beautiful um and just an amazing hike up glory and um and then skiing down towards coal creek with uh, shadow this time the dog and cat and uh and i think we yeah we skied down to your truck because your truck was yeah. down at the bottom and we had the taxi driver drop yeah. us off at the top yeah so service sort of was learning how that worked shuttle
0: <laughs> well and i think that was part of why because i arrived there And you had the guy waiting, right? And we transfer all of your luggage into my car, right? Right. So then Mm -hmm. you drive us up. And that was part of why I saw the boots and was like, game day decision, got to roll with it, put them on, let's go. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have time (laughs) to think twice. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about just bringing this back into January, 2023 and the focus of the podcast, which is about being healthy as a horse physically, Mm -hmm. right? And that sometimes to access that peak physical fitness state we have to go through all the work spiritually mentally and emotionally first right and sometimes we get into a peak state in one of those other places and then the rest follows
1: mm-hmm. so
0: we didn't see each other again till you came back out like mid-february late february what was it
1: yeah second trip was late february
0: and i know i suddenly didn't have an appetite you want know to talk about <laughs> what
1: no because the the thing was like when we drove from teton pass to the airport when you dropped me off that was when i felt like you really shared from your own sort of recovery story right and uh and yeah so we we had both been doing our own work right i had been doing work to recover from this divorce that i had failure at the first marriage Mm -hmm. trying to prevent do my part to address my part Mm -hmm. right in that so that i wouldn't because it's very easy just to repeat the same Mm -hmm. mistakes um going forward and a lot of people you know, I, I think it's it's hard. It's work. That's why it's called work, right? It's, and that's what um, I worked through, and I know that was helpful for me. So it was pretty amazing. I wasn't really looking for a partner at that time. I wasn't looking for a partner at that time, right? And I think you weren't looking either. You were doing your own work as well. And then it became clear in that discussion that we had, especially in the truck going to the airport, that, wow, yeah, we were sharing from a very deep level about where we'd been, what we'd learned, and, uh, yeah, so that was pretty interesting, right? We got to the point of getting to the airport and I was thinking, oh, should I kiss this girl?
0: Sha-la-la.
1: Yeah, so that was, that was pretty exciting. I did. And, uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was very cool. And I think that's sort of, you know, you know, that was just a reflection of where we were at with what we'd shared. And I think, you know, I had that feeling. And then we went to long distance for, I don't know, five, six weeks until I came back and I was going to come back with all these friends of mine, right? And I think I, you know, I wanted to make sure you knew everything about, like, who the different people were. So I think I even wrote up a spreadsheet of all the people. Yeah, I think like, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Sergio was coming from Chile, Chad, Dave. Or... No,
0: did they all get a spreadsheet about me, too?
1: <laughs> no, but they heard. I'm sure they heard about you. No. There was no spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, there didn't need to be. But I was given, because we went to Salt Lake first for Gordy's camp, right? Mm-hmm. And then we were coming up to um, Jackson. So I think Chad was coming for the first time. Sergio was coming for the first time. Anyway,
0: well, and I want to say, you know, two things. I'm thinking about my business, my friends, my people. They knew about you yeah. <laughs> because on my birthday, which was a couple of weeks later the the right, 24th, 24th of yeah. January, you sent me um, two dozen, maybe bright pink, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. that roses yeah. and, and um, Valentine's well, maybe, maybe it was
0: Valentine's Day, yeah. but one one or the other. And this cowboy, this tall, skinny cowboy, I'll never forget this, you know, I'm in the fitness club and I see this man silhouetted, you know, I'm like, what is going on? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I knew you were in Chicago, or at least I thought so. And, and you were, but you had delivered these beautiful flowers, you know, as a symbol of your love. And the other <laughs> thing that you sent, which I remember thinking, wow, this guy is so genuine and really gets me and sees my needs and who mm-hmm. I am and where I am. I don't know if I had taken you to the Chapel of Transfiguration at that point, which is in Moose, Wyoming. No, you just told me about it. Or if I just told you about it. But yeah, yeah, it's, and this is where we got married, right? right? But it's this sacred (laughs) chapel, this lodge that I discovered, this little cabin that was built for all of the dude ranches in the area. And in the winter, they just close it up and let it get snowed in. But I discovered that you could ski in, dig an opening by the door and go in and have this really beautiful sacred space in this cabin in the middle of the Tetons with the Tetons against this backdrop. The thing is you take your snow boots off and your feet get really cold, right? Cause there's it's no heat in, in there. Yeah. They have actually since then put some uh, baseboards in there, but it's not much heat just enough. I think to keep the stained glass from freezing and bursting. So, <laughs> George got me these Baffin slippers that you would use in a yurt. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, this guy really understands the full picture and spectrum of who I am, what I'm about, where I'm going, and what I need. It was, like, the most beautiful thing, right? Yeah. I feel like we could keep going. We could tell a story about, you know, when you dropped a knee and where we were and, you know, the we've had many wins but we've also had you know the grief and loss like Mm -hmm. your father taking his life three months to the day after we met also on the 6th of april right Mm -hmm. but um i think for this story and for this month and this season what i really want to focus on is how we got healthier for each other Mm-hmm. In those months, like we were both looking a little trimmer. The next time we saw each other, what was the secret sauce for you?
1: Um. Well, for me, I think the second trip, right? Uh, the first trip of the year in in December, it'd be end of December, early January, uh, would be sort of the test to show what, how much preparation work I had done, right, mm-hmm. or how how much I had trained and stuff. But I remember I had a pretty busy work schedule leading up i think i went to brazil for work mm, and mm. um and i know i was like eating a lot right mm-hmm, eating a lot mm-hmm. down there and i was wasn't exercising as much so i i think i remember you talking about how you know hip weighing more the hikes are harder yeah because right? we were because we typically while we didn't go to teton pass we would do boot packs hikes inside you know outside the ski area but immediately next to it and i felt you know not as good then so that was sort of a a um incentive right to come back in better shape mm-hmm. and you were, were coming back to you and and also i was skiing almost a week i think before i came and met you in in driggs right mm. in jackson area right because i went to salt lake oh right a little cottonwood to ski uh in gordy's gordy peiffer's old straight line camp he called it and it was a uh, on this teton gravity board with skiing with an x ex, x ex, uh, film type skier and i i'd come to know him and and really appreciated him and i met some other guys through that and um so we had sort of that week of skiing before i I think got sick and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all this stuff but uh so that was part of the secret sauce so to speak right i think the second trip it's like wow i've suffered through one trip and i think there's just that nagging knowledge in Mm -hmm. the back of your mind that you're like well if i don't get my act together i'm going to suffer again and
0: but wasn't it also that you were in love with me
1: Absolutely, absolutely
0: (laughs) Cause I know for me, you know, and I think a lot of women experience this and, you know, right. in the weight loss industry, it's like, what's your X factor? Right. Right. Yep, yep. And tell, you know, being told by the doctor that you quote, need to lose weight for heart condition or whatever mm. it is, it's not as tangible as the feeling or knowing the statistics of every bounce. When we're overweight is an extra three to seven pounds of pressure on our knees. Mm -hmm. So if we're carrying an extra 10 pounds, that's 30 to 70 pounds of pressure every time I'm hiking, jumping, moguling, whatever it is, right? And that to me is super motivating. It's even more motivating when I know that and then I get out there on the mountain and I feel it. And I feel the flip side when I've taken the weight off and I've done the work, you right. know, regardless of my travel schedule, I've taken the, you know, workout stuff with me right. and, yeah, used, yeah, it and right. used it and used it because it's not enough to take it. <laughs> the same with making healthy choices on the road, you know, traveling. We ate some crap yesterday. My, my body's definitely flushing it out today and we're making healthier decisions today as we look towards our next ski trip in ski season, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think to me, what's important about it is that it's it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle, yeah. right? And being in love is also a lifestyle, right? We work at it. And it's not that every single day we have that intense magnetism that we had you know in those first moments days weeks and so on right but is there for us like we can get right back to that by having these deep conversations by replaying the story of how we we met Mm -hmm. you know and that that's like that's all part of it because that's that's the beauty of this miracle called life where you just you can't argue that you have this incredible body that you've been given right? It's going to grow with you and age with you and you get to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And like what a gift we have, right? Absolutely. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that. <laughs> I can get kind of excited about this. I was I was also thinking how challenging it can be to be a health missionary, right? Yep. Something that a, a friend of mine was talking about recently with her partner is this idea that he always wants to strive, be better, do this. And someday she's just exhausted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that's part of real life. It's like we're going to have days where the sun is not shining on January 10th in Illinois. It's not 40 degrees, right? Right. We're sick or injured or wounded and it's hard to get going off the couch, right? What would you say to folks who are struggling with that? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that today, babe. Or who are waiting for that soulmate, wanting to meet someone, wanting to have that dream life, you know.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing is sort of respecting your own body, your own energy levels, right? And rest when you need to rest, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's key, that self-care piece. But the other part is, you know, also get yourself out there, um, do just the next right thing to get yourself either, you know, out of the house or, um, you know, connect with something that is, you know, important to you, that gives you joy, gives you life, right? Or, you know, if you have a friend who does, who works out, you know, call them, see if they'll do that with you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. Use the, use the things around you um, to do those things. Awesome.
0: Do the things. things. Use the things
1: to do the things. But
0: I think the other (laughs) thing is like when you're doing the things you love, that's when and how you'll meet the people who you'll love doing them with. Right. That's how we met each other. That's right. Right. And not to overthink it, to just flow with it. And then it like all comes and together. trust. Yeah. Trust that yeah. it will come. Yeah. Yeah, Trust. Right. Keep the faith. Yeah. Awesome. Love you, baby. What a great episode. It has been so fun to be with you. I recorded many of these in my hayloft and I would love to share my hayloft with you. If you want to see what that looks like or smell it, I wish I could bring you into the, the smell of hay. know it's really just dried grass okay so you can probably find some (laughs) at a park near you meanwhile if you would like to connect on social media see our animals see some of our training trips get to know us a little bit better you can find me on all the platforms cat caldwell myers if you're not on social media you could email me i would love to hear from you please connect with me on my website catcaldwellmyers.com. You can find the spelling in the show notes. And if you loved this show, please share it with a friend. Drop me a review. Subscribe. That way you can stay up to date with what we have going on. And I would love to hear from you what you would like to hear. And have yourself a beautiful day. Get out there and smell the hay.